0: Welcome in to The Roar. This is a new podcast with your
1: same favorite hosts. Wait, guys. Oh. There's already... there. Wait, wait. There's a new podcast segment? called The Roar. Oh, oh. no. We'll, we'll figure keep, it out later. All right. We'll I'm just going to keep, I'm just gonna keep just calling The, the pod. Roar. Yeah. I'm just, welcome For back to The Pod. The
0: if you're an Inside Columbia Basketball Podcast listener, I'm Kyle Matrician, and I will be joined over the next several weeks by Mike Kowalski and Megan Rojas, where we will give you an inside look uh, at the Columbia Athletics Department and feature several of our spring sport athletes that unfortunately did not get to play out their seasons, have their senior day. We're gonna hear from them over the next several weeks. We're gonna hear their stories. We're gonna see how they're doing. But today for our very first episode, uh, coming up in a bit, we are going to have Columbia Athletic Director Peter Pilling on for our very first episode, so we're excited about that. We're excited to hear from Peter. He's going to provide us with an update from the athletic department as a whole. He's going to let us know how some of the student-athletes are doing, how the coaches are doing, and the things that are being done at Columbia to support everybody in this time.
1: But with that said, Ro, Mike, welcome back.
2: Squad.
1: Yeah, this is great. I'm glad we're gonna keep doing this. We had some momentum going towards you know the middle to end of basketball season, so uh, this should be really fun to to keep going and catch up with with our student athletes and give them a platform to tell their stories.
0: And we're taking Rojas outside of the basketball world, which is pretty exciting. I don't know. Are you excited about it? It's a little different territory, different. You guys, I
2: know it's not really a world I know great, but I'm <laughs> yeah. ready to uh, learn as much as I can. From you guys who have other sports. Guys, what was your favorite? I don't know if you want to admit this or not. What was your favorite episode from inside Columbia Basketball? Wow. Ooh. I'm
1: on the spot. Did you write down that question and not prep us? No.
2: no didn't even write it down. I just was thinking of it. Oh.
1: I mean, there was a couple episodes that stick out. It's yeah. The, D- the Dean Kowalski episode. The Dean Kowalski was, one was probably was one good. of the other ones. And I kind of think it was like a turning point for us because I think it Got, got us some new listeners, to be honest with you, from the Survivor crew. And I think the content was really good. And the other one was um, with Madison Hardy and Ty Bibbs after Kobe um, Bryant passed away. Stole, was, stole
0: mine. Go yeah, ahead. Sorry. Those
1: were just, I think that, you know, their their feedback and their words were really thoughtful and really appropriate. And it, it just it, it felt good at the time to, to get that out of our systems and thought it was a really good episode.
0: The episode we did with Janai, the very last episode... Uh, leading at like the of the regular episodes that we did before all this happened, uh, I thought it was really good with Janaya, just her reflecting back on her four years and knowing that it was coming to an end, but also mm-hmm. knowing that it came to an end with a like such a successful season and qualifying for the right. tournament and and all of that, and she can really like hold her head high when she leaves here, knowing that she like helped turn the program around and she's going to be successful in whatever she does. I know she's got, she told us she's got a job lined up, but I know she also wants to pursue basketball. So I think she's going to try to pursue basketball first, but we know she's going to, she's got a job lined up for Citibank and that's part of the Columbia experience right there. Hashtag only here, everybody.
2: Only here. She said after that podcast, because you know when you're like in the season, you you sort of forget what you've accomplished or in past years or how far you've come because she's been here all four years that we have as a staff. She said after that podcast, she sort of walked away and was like, Oh, yeah, like, we did sort of, like, get it going and, like, have a successful season. Because really, that's, like, really hard to do as an athlete, like, in the moment.
0: Yeah, no, it's, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's hard to, like, think. Of, I mean, you were a former student athlete, women's basketball player. Give you a little <laughs> plug. And all oh. of our viewers, even, some of our viewers will <laughs> not have known that.
2: They might not know who I really am. I'm just, yeah. this, like,
0: my <laughs> <nice> segments. <laughs> played at Temple, played at UMBC.
2: Sure did. Good stuff. Sure did.
0: Uh, Mike, before we had to break and get Peter on here, I do sure. want to plug the podcast page that you made on our website. Yes. Yeah. Also a very cool way for fans to be able to easily scroll through and sort, uh, not only this year's season of Inside Columbia Basketball and Captain's Corner, but easily get to last year's season, uh, labeled very well. You know, I had to, we had to name a lot of those podcasts before we, uh, cause we didn't really,
1: it was a name. labor of love, Kyle. It was, it was.
0: <laughs> Um, well, I yeah. Could tell.
1: yeah so if you go to gocolumbialions.com slash podcast you can catch all of our new podcasts and all the old ones it's in one spot um so it's it's a new feature that sidearm our website provider provided with us and uh we're looking forward to, to more people listening
2: a one-stop shop for all that's the right. podcasts.
1: that's the point the more places it is the more app people are to listen so that's what we're we're in this for we're not just talking to ourselves here.
2: Right
0: now we you
1: are. Know,
2: sometimes, yeah.
1: That's <laughs> okay it. too, I guess. <laughs>
0: okay. Are we doing this for us or are we doing, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> sometimes after we wrap, I think we sit with the headphones on for.
0: We do. People you know, don't, yeah. people don't. People yeah. don't they know. They don't
2: get the, the after.
0: Some people know. <laughs> just think, 50, now. Just, just think 50 years from now, how many podcasts are going to be on that page? You know, Mike? Wow
1: whoa <laughs> mind blown That's well I think this is a good time Zenny, to take a quick break <laughs> I think back? so when we come back from the magic
0: of podcasting we'll have yes. Peter Pilling he will be here we promise
1: <laughs> at athletic brewing company we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery we've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order.
0: Right, welcome back to the podcast. And as we said before we went to break, here with us is the Columbia University Director of Athletics, Peter Pilling. Peter, we really appreciate you coming on.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having me
0: on. Uh, First things first, I mean, how are you? We hope you're doing safe and uh, staying well. How are you and how's your family and how's everybody dealing with all this?
3: Everybody's doing great. I live on uh, 113th at Riverside, so I get out for my daily Riverside uh, Park run and Riverside Park walk. Other than that, it's uh, a lot of Zoom meetings and a lot of interaction with our staff and making sure we're all on the same page. I think that's been the biggest challenge, you know. Within the athletic department, we have this sense of community where we see each other on a regular basis, and all of a sudden, that's not there. And that's the one thing I miss is just walking around campus, and seeing the, you know, the, the passion that exists throughout Columbia, and then having that kind of taken away from us. Uh, that, that's the one aspect of it I probably miss the most. But everybody, my family's doing well. Thank you, uh, and we're uh, we're looking forward to get this dark cloud removed and move forward.
1: How are those runs going, Peter? Is that uh, any PRs? No,
3: yeah, no. <laughs> I, I uh, I've been running with Sunil Galati, so I've been getting some soccer oh, inside. Man. I try to utilize my time to pick his brain on various issues, and so we, we, we have our social distancing. So, uh, but we've been going, trying to go on a run in the evenings. Uh, but it's going fine. I am I not. I see him on the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a big bike guy. He's a big yeah. runner. Um, he's a big treadmill guy, but since Dodge Fitness Center has been shut down, he's had to venture outside. So we, we've been meeting in Riverside Park, which is a very popular place. You've got to really kind of strategically pick your path to make sure you don't uh, interact with other other New Yorkers.
0: What's been, uh, have you had any uh, funny Zoom moments so far on those all those Zoom conference calls that you've had?
3: Uh. I actually, I think our members of our staff have gotten very creative with their backgrounds. Yes. <laughs> Joe, Joe Quinlan is was on the Golden Gate Bridge the first sure. uh, first wow. time we met, and now it's uh, in front of Low Library, I think, or maybe it's the uh, the actual Library of Columbia. Um, Jackie was at the Tottenham Home Stadium today. Wow. Uh, people are very creative, so anyway, it adds a little something to the Zoom where. It, that you know, you can actually have a smile on your face as you're dealing with pretty significant issues about how it's impacting
1: our department and our university. So, Peter, why don't you walk us through a little bit of a timeline of how everything went down a few weeks ago, starting with you know cancellation of the basketball tournaments and onto the next day when spring sports were suspended.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, a very difficult time. You know, our coaches and our student athletes work so hard to enable themselves to compete. And specifically, our women's basketball program had accomplished something that none of our programs, the women's basketball program had accomplished in the past, the opportunity to compete for an Ivy League championship in the tournament. So, uh, you know, our presidents were meeting with Robin Harris on a regular basis, and they were, uh, she was letting the athletic directors know of certain discussions, and there was a lot of different scenarios that were taking place. Uh, and some of them you know at some at one point it became pretty significant that something impactful was going to happen for our league that was going to be something that was uh, kind of out in front of the curve if you will with what was taking place in the sports industry Um, and then we we, we, uh, you know the word got out that we were going to stop the Ivy League basketball tournament before I think this was March 10th that that took place and so uh, at that point, I uh, I talked to Meg, uh, Coach Griffith, and I alerted her to that, and I notified her that I wanted to meet with the team and notify them that because I, I realized how disappointing that would be, and so I met with the team and gave them that news, and it was it was really. Uh, you know, it was really hard to do. And obviously, it was really impactful with the young ladies that represent the Columbia basketball program. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a very difficult conversation, but it was something that I felt the responsibility to do. And, and then uh, the team met together and, and to kind of took it from there. And then we actually had an a all-staff all meeting, our coach, head coaches meeting the next day. And we kind of laid out the parameters of moving forward, what could scenarios could take place at that point. Uh, we had received notification that we could still compete in Ivy league, cha- or excuse me, NCAA championships. We had a track athlete, we had wrestling athletes. We had obviously our fencing team, and then we had a swimmer. All four of those had uh, qualified to compete in their respective champion championships in the NCAA. And then we just talked about spring sport competition because that was still in play. But I, uh, one of the things we said is, Hey, this could literally change in 24 hours. And actually that night it did. We got notification from the uh, from Robin Harris, we had a kind of a, a quick call with the Ivy League uh, athletic directors, and we received notification that that was going to go out at three o'clock. At the time, this was approximately two thirty. We got our senior staff together, and we kind of divided and conquered, and the best approach to making sure that everybody got the news from us rather than from social media or some other channel. Um, got on the phone and spoke with all of our spring sport coaches to notify them that this was taking place. We actually had one team that was competing. Our women's lacrosse team was up at Connecticut and they were in competition. And we had sent Matt Scali, one of our sports program administrators, along with them. So as soon as that game ended, he notified the team what was taking place. And then we we continued to meet. I think our senior staff met that night till probably 10 or 11 o'clock at night, just talking about the different parameters and all the different implications for our department as a whole. And as you, you know, as you know, that uh, certain things took place in professional sports that kind of, kind of sh- shifted the, the stratosphere of sports industry, and then you could see the dominoes take place, and a lot of basketball tournaments were canceled at that point.
0: Talk about the Ivy League being on sort of the forefront of all of this, uh, because like you said, I mean, the basketball tournament was the first conference tournament that was canceled. And right. then the next day, the Ivy League announced that they were, they were the first league that announced that all spring sports would be canceled. And I think a lot of people at the time were a little bit confused because all these other conferences still had plans to go on. Um, how do you think uh, the Ivy League came to that, was able to have come to that decision so quickly? I mean, is it the resources that they have in terms of the doctors that work at, you know, alumni of the different schools? Uh, like, what do you think led to that?
3: Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was, Kyle. Uh, I think you talk about the Ivy League, the eight Ivy League institutions, and quite a few of them are in urban settings where I think they realized that this was going to have faster and greater implications than rural areas. Um, And then seven out of the eight schools have a medical facility or at least have a medical school tied in with those respective schools. So you think about Couple different prongs, obviously you have the medical expertise to talk about it. A lot of these universities have disease control specialists that are studying this and researching this on a regular basis. And then a lot of these institutions have data analytics specialists who are talking about projections and understanding the implications of things like this. So I suspect, I was not on the call with the president's, uh, or excuse me, uh, Executive Director Robin Harris was on, but I think that they probably shared a lot of data that they were receiving from their individual campuses and made it a collective effort uh, and came to a, a collective agreement that this was in the best interest of student athlete welfare, general campus welfare, and understanding that uh, they may have had, these are really really smart people that had access to information with leaders in the world and the respective industries. I mean, you think about our Ivy League institutions, if you think about Columbia, so to speak, we have people that are literally the leaders in that respective industry, whatever it may be, whether it may be liberal arts, or whether it may be research, or whether it be a medical industry, or uh, law or whatever it may be. And so they probably tapped into these resources they had gauged their interest, and then collectively came up with this decision and led the way. And uh, you know, we take great pride in the fact that they made a tough decision in a difficult scenario and understand that initially there was going to be some negative ramifications uh, and that that's how it kind of played out. But if you look back at it retrospectively, I think a lot of people realized the vision uh, that the Ivy League presidents had and the implications and foresight that they had in terms of what was taking place.
1: How much, how much, when was this first on your radar, Peter? Like weeks before, a couple days no. before? How, no, how
3: just a couple days before. Um, one of the challenges with the spring sports canceling, we literally had like 45 minutes notice. And so we were in immediate you know uh, we, we had talked about different scenarios and we tried to kind of laid out various paths and the implications for the various uh, ramifications what could potentially place take place but it was I, I was very proud of our senior staff I think we all, all operated you know with some form of calm in a very difficult situation We wanted to make sure that our coaches uh, i had, I personally would have wished that I would have been able to meet with each of the teams uh, individually to give them that news, but that was just that was not possible based upon the time restrictions that we had, but we reached out and then we talked about all the different entities that this impacted and tried to get the message out and then put something out uh, through social media and, and, and a message through our department as a whole that this was taking place. So not a lot of notice. You know, we spent some time talking about crisis, crisis management in a couple different scenarios that we've dealt with in the past. But this one, this one was not in the playbook. But I, I think a lot of people should take great pride with our department and the staff that we had and the way that we were able to message it out and, and do it in a way that was professional and understanding based upon the difficulties of the situation.
0: So as the week progressed and uh it really f- started to affect the campus community outside of the athletic department, right? Where students were starting to be told, you know, to go home if they could. Right. Uh some students were still allowed to be on campus at the time, but it seemed like every day there was a new message from President Bollinger with more restrictions as it became clearer and clearer how serious Uh, this was going to be until it was ultimately labeled a global pandemic by the World Health Organization. Right. Can you walk us through those days after all of the athletics were canceled for the year and how this affected the campus community
3: as a whole? Absolutely. So I I think at that point, we kind of shifted in terms of our uh, resources and our, our concerns towards student athlete welfare. Um, And making sure that our student athletes were in a good place, that we were communicating with them properly, that we were aware of their various situations and their challenges. Jessica and Brent Walker, Jessica DePaulo and Brent Walker, did a remarkable job with just database collection, understanding where everybody was, understanding what their intentions were in terms of travel, how we could support them through those various scenarios, um, and then, just collectively as a department as a whole, you know, we oversee physical education and campus wellness. Initially, we had kept the gym open just because the wellness part of it and the opportunity to exercise was, you know, kind of one of those well-being mindfulness components that everybody thought was important at the time. And so, we wanted to make sure that uh, we literally set up the uh, treadmills every other one, so we were maintaining social distancing within the parameters. There, we put on additional staff. We were able to get uh, you know, some uh, Perel more present so that people could clean their hands and then machines were getting cleaned on a more regular basis. And then, and then we continued to look and evaluate uh, the, the various scenarios as we, you know, the campus was kind of put on hold and then a lot of people left campus. We have a lot of international students. We had a lot of different complicating issues regarding our student athlete welfare. We were, were trying to identify who could not go home at the time. Obviously, we had some student athletes from you know, parts of Asia that where travel was prohibited, parts of Italy where travel was prohibited at the time and making sure that we were taking care of them. Uh, And then reaching out to our coaches to make sure that we were trying to maintain this sense of community as well as we could uh, and making sure that we were looking after the needs and the well-being of our student-athletes.
0: Speaking of the need and the well-being of your student-athletes, you know, this is clearly a time where that is on the, you know, that is what's on everybody's mind. I'm sure it's what's on your mind. Uh, Can you talk about some of the resources that that have been put in place for our student-athletes? Uh, some of that being through the Success Through Wellbeing office.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is, uh, you know, we've put a lot of resources and devoted a lot of um, support through Successful Wellbeing, and and this has given us an opportunity to really kind of shine in a difficult crisis situation, and Jessica and Brent and their team have done a remarkable job. And the different areas, we have software in place where we can communicate with our student-athletes on an immediate basis, and we're grateful for that you know, it's a different world where student athletes don't necessarily read their emails at the efficiency and the timeliness that some of us do. So the opportunity to text with them, the opportunity to get feedback, the opportunity to understand the various concerns. So one of the things we did, just data collection on where everybody was and how we could support them in terms of getting home. That was it. And then once we were able to kind of put that in, in terms of understanding, we still have, I think we have 17 student-athletes still on campus for a variety of different reasons, but once we were able to secure that, and yesterday when we started back up with virtual campuses, Jessica and her team were able to communicate the resources that were in place. So first, obviously, academically, you know, we have academic support through tutoring, and so now all of a sudden we had to trans- transition into virtual tutoring and what, how we could support our student-athletes through the needs of their classes. Wanted to make sure that they were all aware that 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 resources was still available. And then also from the standpoint of well-being, whether it be sports psychology or mental health initiatives, what resources were there that we could help them through those difficult times or the challenges that were taking place wherever they were at that particular time. And then shifting gear, especially with our seniors, how can we support them through career development? Uh, Obviously, with job placement. Um, we've had a lot of alumni that have stepped up that are doing Skype interviews, helping our student athletes prepare for interviews, helping them to be as a resource for a lot of different support mechanisms that are in place in terms of their profession and their professional uh, responsibilities that they have moving forward. So uh, Lily and, uh, and Ari are, have done a remarkable job in terms of making sure that we know where everybody is in terms of their career process and how we can support them through there. And then uh, we've utilized a resource called Canvas, and there's a lot of different platforms to make sure that they're aware of all the different resources that are available for them individually. So uh, I, I'm incredibly grateful for the work of our successful well being team, and we should take great pride in knowing that they have really, you know, rose to the occasion and really performed at a remarkable level based upon the the difficult situations that they're in.
2: I know we already talked about what shows you're watching. I don't know if that made it to the final.
3: No,
0: I think we now bring it up, bring it up, up. start start, start, it in, start it in. So
2: (laughs) so
0: I
3: I will share with us, I I have uh, four children and uh, we have tried to take on uh, family community games. It was my wife's birthday, by the way, on the 25th. So okay. a lot of pressure um, on terms of shopping limitations. I did some phenomenal gift card shopping at Dwayne Reed the nice. other day for her birthday. Uh, got some flowers. We were able to get a birthday cake, but it was not to the previous level of what I've done for my wife's birthday. But we did with all of her family, all of her siblings, and all of cousins, nieces, and nephews. We had a Zoom birthday celebration for her. And there was approximately 45 people on. So we surprised her with that one. So I kind of salvaged my limited to shopping obligations or opportunities, uh, for her birthday. Uh, but anyway, shifting gears, we are playing family games on a thing called Jackbox TV. If you oh,
0: very good. Yeah.
3: And then also we came across Ellen DeGeneres has this game, uh, that you can play online and it's actually very very funny we had a lot of fun with that so we're trying to do game night with my family in the evenings um and then aside we my son and his girlfriend are staying with us so we kind of rotate who's got the tv picks um my since it was my wife's birthday the other day i was uh, kind of forced to watch emma um and anyway i i played the martyr and watched emma so anyway i'll give it i'll give it a kind of a b minus it was uh, not exactly <laughs> it's an it official exactly, rating right there not exactly <laughs> in my movie stratosphere but i took one for the team and watched emma the other night uh but i am watching this netflix series that i've completed called tiger king i think megan you are also watching that that is uh it's unimaginable what takes place during this show. Uh, So anyway, I'm going to endorse Tiger King uh, for everybody to watch it. It's uh, mindless train wreck entertainment. Megan, anything Um, else on Tiger King? No,
2: I mean, that's the best way to put it. Mindless train wreck entertainment. (laughs) Every episode, you're like, you need to know. Mike, do you watch it?
1: I haven't watched it yet. No. Oh, you guys. (laughs) You
2: guys need to binge watch it tonight and then we'll all
1: get back on (laughs) it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if we yeah. get this if
0: we get this podcast up in time, we could put that on our weekend <laughs> flicks segment yeah, that right. Mike Miller <laughs> trying
3: to plug.
2: What we're I, listening I, to to, uh,
3: to Meg's reference to uh, binge watching, I. My wife fell asleep and I had it on my iPad and I had to watch the final episode. I had to put it to bed. Oh, you it did it like without one, her? One, No, she, she would not watch any of this. Oh, story. okay, okay. <laughs> I didn't want to reel her into this crazy entertainment. But I watched it uh, in bed till like one thirty in the morning so I could get to the finish line. Uh, and it, it was incredible. And, uh, unimaginable, brain- brainless entertainment.
2: It's so good. I think I have two episodes left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my other,
3: uh, obviously, if you haven't watched, let's see, Cheer, and then uh, I watched a couple episodes of that, and then also the guys that did Cheer were the ones that did Last Chance You. If you haven't watched it, Last Chance You, oh. uh, especially, especially season three uh, with this coach JC coach out of Kansas City, it's uh, in that it that is incredible entertainment.
0: I thought you were talking. I thought you were throwing it back to like cheers. I thought that's what I thought you were talking <laughs> no, about. No, no, <laughs> cheers. Was say, no. Cheers. Was... I mean, I'm, I'm kind of what I'm doing. I'm kind of <laughs> going to throwback TV, is what I've been doing.
3: <laughs> well, and I, I hear a lot of people are watching episodes of The Office and Yes. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Yes. Modern, I mean, modern Family, etc. And,
0: and we were talking about podcasts before, and I always plug this podcast, so I'm going to do it again for consistency. The Office Ladies podcast, Peter, if you have not started listening, If you're an office fan, there's a podcast with Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey who play Pam and Angela on the show. And they're basically going episode by episode, giving you like little insights into like little behind the scenes moments and kind of walking you through each episode. It's actually a really good listen. So recommend it.
3: Okay, Very good. All right. Awesome. So I'll give you kind of a recap of my go-to podcast. I'm I'm a big Tony Kornheiser fan. So uh, he blends politics with sports based out of D.C. Uh, Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons actually has a good podcast called The Rewatchables where they review movies. I listen to that too. Do you? And then um, I listen to Dan Patrick, uh, Tim Ferriss. Shout out to former Columbia football player. I listen to No Lane Up, a golf podcast. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Um, but that's, uh, one of the, one of the guys that runs that and started that is a former Columbia football player. Um, and then if I need a little bit of uplifting, I listen to 10% happier and a few other particular things from terms of trying to maintain balance in my life. So I'm going to yeah.
0: put a list together of all these recommendations so we can get it out there on social media, Peter
3: Pilling's recommendation list. Yeah. Would you be okay and with also, that? Would you be okay with that? Yeah, no problem. I'm listening I'm reading. I'm reading Team of Teams by General McCaskill. He was one of the ones, the, the generals that kind of came back in with the Afghan uh, challenges with the military. And so I'm about a third of the way through that. It's pretty fascinating. Learning how to adapt to various situations, which is obviously very applicable in this day and age that we're dealing with right now. So anyway, I'm gonna give you book tips, uh, Netflix nice. tips and podcast. Podcast tips. So, anyway, that's the best I can do.
2: Kyle will make a graphic for you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> together. <laughs> Peter, do you have a favorite book?
3: Favorite book? Uh, I have a favorite movie. My favorite movie oh. is Shawshank Redemption, which is, I, I think, a lot of oh, people. You know. and Mike. You and Mike. Mike alike. was
2: just watching that. Yeah. yeah.
3: It's on
1: Netflix this month. So, yeah.
3: Shawshank's on. Uh, Netflix TBS about every 20 seconds
1: yeah, that too. but once i saw it on netflix without the commercials i was like this is great
3: i, I actually heard an interesting backstory and i'll get back to the uh, my favorite book but tim robbins was on gosh who he may have been on with bill simmons and he was telling the backstory that the when the movie came out it wasn't that well received in the theaters hmm. but that ted turner had bought it and bought it outright exclusively. And so they started playing it on TBS or TNT. And so it just got in this cycle where it was one of those movies that was always on the television. And then it just became this Shawshank following as a result of its presence on television. I thought that was pretty interesting from
1: that standpoint you reference that on one of the rewatchables because they definitely did an episode on that. So Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That's uh, where it I, was. I did
1: play the Tim Robbins interview, but they definitely talked about that a little bit. And they talked about how to change directors and, and it was really, it's an interesting podcast all the time, but that movie especially, I was waiting for them to do that one because that's the definition of a, a rewatchable movie for me. So
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, best books. Let's see. I try to read Good to Great every couple of years. I think it's a good reinforcement. Um, Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Um, I'm a nonfiction reader. Uh, let's see, what have I read recently? Um, hold on. I actually keep track of all the books I read during the year. Oh, so will, this is impressive. I, I like uh, this. I will tell you um, Shoe Dog is a good book. Oh, um, yeah. So I read. Uh, I read the book about Sid Luckman called Hard Lux. Have you guys known this story? I'm not sure if I want to let this out, but Sid Luckman was an All-American football player here that had an amazing career with the Chicago Bears. Mike, you can correct me. I believe he may be in the Football Hall of Fame. Yes, he did. Anyway, unbeknownst to everybody at the time, his father was like had a very large presence in the mafia. And while he was at Columbia, his dad was actually uh, in prison for a, a mafia hit. Um, anyway. Now it's out book. there. Now it's out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting at the time. You can think about the media. The New York media kind of protected this. Some of them may or may not have known it. Um, but anyway, I'm pretty good book. I think I saw it on one of the Columbia magazines, a uh, reference to it, or somebody told me about it and recommended it. And so I went and got it. And then I've read a book um, called measure. What matters it talks a lot about Bill Campbell um, and some of the things that he's done and the importance of properly measuring what's significant, what's uh, important in your life. Um, let's see. Oh, also a gentleman that just passed away um, who was a professor up at um, at harvard uh it, how to measure your life and it was a, he was a he worked in the business school a remarkable story about just about life balance in terms mm-hmm. of your career family and different things like that so anyway his name is clay clay christensen and that book was called how to measure your life interesting very good yeah.
2: i love uh, that you write them all down that's awesome
3: yeah i had a goal i had a goal to read one book a month i think this uh this pandemic world we're living in is going to allow that to happen. Uh, So, but anyway, I'm on my third book and I'm in March. So I have a few days to complete my third book. That's definitely
2: my new resolution too, but I'm only on, I think I just finished my second. So I gotta, I gotta get going. I've how many days.
3: You have, you have some free time. (laughs) I know. What do you be curious? What are you guys doing from a recruiting standpoint? How are you, you know, we had, a, we had a Zoom podcast with our coaches the other day, and we talked about obviously there's a, a dead period that's taking place mm-hmm. right now where our coaches can't get out on the road and can't talk. So obviously, I mean, can't see people face-to-face, right. either from an evaluation standpoint or from a standpoint to meet with families and prospective student-athletes. And so we, we had a, a Zoom meeting the other day, talked about, resources that we can provide either through social media or through our official website. Just c- curious about some of the things that you guys are trying to do as a, as a basketball staff in that area too.
2: Yeah, we are doing, I think what a lot of other schools are doing in teams like virtual home visits via like very similar to this. Um, our assistant coach Ty and some others put together Prezi that they can like share on the zoom. Like if I were to share my screen right now Um it looks pretty cool Um Lots of like pictures and stuff that we wouldn't be able to show them because they can't come on campus. And then just overall trying to stay relevant and cool on social media.
3: Yeah. You guys still have your major TikTok presence for the women's basketball we program?
2: We sure do. Oh, we wow. Sure do. You are
0: talking to the TikTok master.
3: <laughs> are you? I love a
2: good TikTok. <laughs> it's like our best platform somehow. It,
3: it was amazing. I saw one dance you guys had on there had like 900,000 views or something crazy. Oh, wow. you've hit like, you over a million. Oh, over a million. Wow. Didn't, you, didn't yeah. you hit millions on
0: a few of those?
2: On some views, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. You, it's just like that perfect generation.
3: Yeah. No, your your uh, predictability in terms of the TikTok world actually uh, forced me to get, put download the app and follow you guys. So <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> congratulations I on TikTok. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Adding that to my LinkedIn page. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's quite an accomplishment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Amazing.
3: Here, before
0: we let you go. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what is your message to the student athletes, to the coaches, to the administrators, to everybody that's part of the athletic department uh, during this time? Uh,
3: you know, from like, what is your message to them from you? Yeah, uh, first off, to more most importantly, our student athletes, just know that we are here for you; that we're here to support you. Uh, we understand that we're going through very challenging times in, in a new world, and uh, that we're dealing with all of us are dealing with vif- different aspects of our lives that have become more complicated. I would just say to our student athletes, Look for us to assist you through these challenges. Obviously, your academic support uh, in terms of what you're trying to accomplish there, but also in terms of, you know, mental health initiatives, uh, making sure that you have well-being and mindfulness in your life, and then also, you know, whether it be internships or mentoring or career professions, however we can help you in terms of helping you achieve your goals and objectives. Uh, one of the great things about this is we've, we've identified a lot of alumni that have stepped up and said, hey, how can we help? What can we do? How can we provide resources? And that's one of the great things about Columbia is we have people here that truly do care. And I think that's been displayed in so many different areas. So obviously to our staff, we want to know that we're here to support you um, and let everybody know how much we care about you and how grateful we are for all that you do. And uh, take incredible pride in terms of what our department has done through these challenging times. I think we've really rose to the occasion, and we've really shined in terms of our capacity to support people. And we want to continue to do that in a way that uh, helps us reach what we're trying to accomplish.
0: All right, Peter. Well, we really appreciate you coming on uh, today's podcast, the first episode of our new podcast series. So uh, we really appreciate having you. Thank you for the time. I'm um, hope- Kyle. Oh. Kyle. Oh wait! Is this the segment? <laughs> is this the segment?
2: This is the segment. I just thought of segment? something. That-
3: <laughs> <laughs> the segment lives on. Wait, yeah, this wasn't is- on. This wasn't on the agenda.
2: This. I- <laughs> okay, no, <curveball>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so social. Everyone's just staring at, staring, at their phones and like operating in this weird digital, digital world right now. Um, and I've seen a lot of viral things. Um I just wanted to ask how you felt about um when your wife and daughter were viral a couple of
3: years ago.
2: Oh, oh, great. Oh. I don't even know if I know about this.
3: <laughs> oh, you're going, oh, my wife, I should bring her in right now. you <laughs> oh, dorm mom on me, huh? Oh, yeah. So let, let me, in fact, you guys, if you really want to make this pod you should pull out their interview on Good Morning America. I'll give you the backstory Oh, yes, please. So my, my daughter at the time was a uh, first year at Utah State, and uh, we were obviously in New York, and and so my wife wanted to, she was finishing up her her first year and my wife kind of surprised her and was going to come out um, and help her, you know, clean up or get out of her dorm room and do various things. And so. My wife uh, had talked about when she was coming out, but I, think, I don't think they had finalized it. So long story short, she uh, got on a plane and flew out, drove up to Logan and uh, went to her apparent dorm room, uh, but went to somebody else's dorm room, laid down on this person's bed, took a selfie, sent it to my daughter and said, look where I am. And uh, my daughter sent a quick selfie back and said, where are you? I'm in my dorm room. I don't, I hope you're not in somebody else's dorm room. (laughs) OMG. And so my wife at that point ran out of the room. I'm actually going to track, while we're talking, I'm going to track down the actual quote because it was classic. Um, And then, uh, And then my daughter McKenna posted it on social media. And at the time, um, at the time it was around mother's day. So it it just kind of started to go and it started to take off um, from that standpoint. Oh, here, uh, here it is. Let me read the exact. So this is important. So I get this right. So my wife is sitting on this bed and she says, look where I am. Where are you? And my daughter replies, where's that? I'm in my dorm please tell me you're not in someone else's dorm. <laughs> and my wife, my wife responds back, I am in the wrong dorm, OMG. <laughs> so long story short, somebody, my, wife, my daughter posted it and then it ended up going on, I think Twitter or maybe Instagram and it ended up going kind of viral, 35,000 people. It was, and then all of a sudden, BuzzFeed picked up on it. And it, it was like 1.5 million views later. And then people started reaching out for interviews and my wife and my daughter ended up going on good morning America. And then they did a series of other interviews. My wife was so embarrassed by this point. Uh, my daughter was actually going, she did uh, humanitarian work in, in Romania that summer she worked in an orphanage. And so she, her plane was getting ready to leave. And then Good Morning America said, We'll pay for a change of plane flight if you go the next day so that they can do this interview. So she delayed flying to Romania one extra day. So they did the uh, Good Morning America interview. And then they did some series of other interviews. Anyway, long story short, it still comes up. And if you look I see some, it, still. You, you look at like even the bottom of ESPN occasionally, you know, I have, they have those clickbait stories and stuff. Yeah. It'll have a picture of my wife and she's wearing. It's, it's. She. She will tell you. So she says this is not the most flattering selfie in the world. So she hates seeing it. But it has a presence. It has a presence in so many different areas. And this was. You know, this was a number of uh, five, six years ago. Uh, yeah. But it still lives. So anyway, that's the dorm mom. And so if you Google dorm mom. Uh, the, the story will come
2: off. <laughs> Poor
0: mom. <laughs> so I wife,
3: somehow, yeah. I've never heard of this. No, oh, yeah.
0: I feel like we have to post this when we post, like as one of the plugs for the podcast. Oh, we. Yeah, have no,
3: to. I hundred percent. I will take the complete heat at home that I'll get for you, <laughs> but we we need to do it um and, and it, in fact just the other day my daughter told me somebody reposted and got like 2700 likes and it's it's, cool. it's a cool funny story but they keep became quasi celebrities and and they and my wife's and my daughter's social media accounts they're like direct messaging or asking me to use all these different pictures and of course my daughter who's like a little insecure at the time was wants all this media presence you know and so she was like yeah sure and my wife's going what in the world are you doing so anyway it's a good family story that became a national story so that's what uh, I I live the impact of viral messaging and the viral family
2: I had no idea that that was like I didn't put it together until I babysat for your granddaughter once, like four years ago, when I was a grad. Oh yeah, yeah. And your on your coffee table was the pick, like a someone had made it maybe into a book.
3: Yeah,
1: that's exactly <laughs> right.
2: And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, why do they have that meme? <laughs> and I remember sitting there and being like, oh my god, that's that's Peter's. Oh my God! Like (laughs) that's That's exactly
3: what that's exactly what Deanna said when she realized that she was in the wrong dorm room. Uh,
2: You guys gotta look it up.
0: That might be Uh, that, and Peter. That segment is called "Ro just thought of something." something. (laughs) That might be our best one we've ever had.
3: Well, I'm glad whatever I can do to contribute to <laughs> yeah. the exposure of this uh, phenomenal podcast that you guys operate. Thanks. Oh, we appreciate uh, the endorsement. Thank you. <laughs> I, hopefully, the, hopefully this podcast will go viral too and be picked up all over the world. Right.
1: Great.
3: <laughs> that's it. That's only That's the only funny, embarrassing family stories I have for you. <laughs> I can
2: share
1: I'll stop cutting in. Go on. Yeah, thank you. I think uh, unless there's anything else, that's going to do it for this first episode. Uh, Peter, thanks again for taking some time this afternoon, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
3: Yeah, my pleasure. I enjoyed it. We kind of got off the rails a little bit at the end, so hopefully we can stay focused on what's really important, and that's (laughs) our our department, our university, and our student athletes.
0: That's okay. Thanks thanks very much. Sometimes we feel like we have to – you you have to – keep it lighthearted to keep everybody sane a little bit.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think that's, uh, I actually send out a daily, uh, excuse me, every Monday, an email to our t- entire department. And there needs to be some levity and there needs to be some references to things that are funny because, you know, we're, we're in challenging times and you have to have balance and you make sure you laugh a little bit every day and make sure you, you read something funny and make sure you look at something funny. And, and Twitter, between Twitter and Tiger King, we can have, a, there's plenty of entertainments, right, Meg?
2: Funny plenty
1: <laughs> all right all right so that's episode one of our new podcast be sure to t- come back every monday for new episodes like you mentioned like we mentioned before you can catch all of our podcasts from inside columbia basketball captain's corner uh, on gocolumbialions.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts spotify itunes stitcher soundcloud Uh, You can catch up on all the info there. Uh, Just follow Columbia Athletics and subscribe, leave messages, and leave your feedback. Everybody, this has been a lot of fun. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Talk to everybody next week.